Today, I'm talking to Donna Browning with one Sotheby's International Realty in Brevard County, Florida, and surrounding. Donna Browning has been a licensed real estate broker in the state of Florida for over 23 years. She started as an agent with a small brokerage and shortly after obtained her broker's license and launched a boutique brokerage. After building her successful brokerage, life happened and she had to move. So Donna moved and she did it again. She launched and led another top boutique brokerage. It didn't take long for Donna's strong track record for successful launches and leadership to capture the notice of national brokerages. This led to Donna's successful leadership on a whole new level. Today, Donna leads five offices at one Sotheby's International Realty. She says she has found her home. For the first time here on the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it, Donna shares her story and how to launch and lead to the top. Thank you for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. Our episodes are powered by Breakthrough Luxury Coaching and Membership. This is a coaching platform that was created and inspired by Jerry Metcalf Podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. At Breakthrough Luxury Coaching, this is coaching and membership that provides luxury real estate agents community and coaching that create results. To learn more, go to getstarted.breakthroughluxury.com. To get the full story, go direct to the homepage at breakthroughluxury.com. There's a letter from me explaining how all of this came together, and this is now launched in a big part and powered by the Jerry Metcalf Podcast. Last but not least, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, Modern Luxury Magazine, who's been there through the ups and downs and some of the greatest successes of my career as a real estate agent. At Modern Luxury, connection and community define who we are. Modern Luxury is the nation's largest media company offering leading brands access to the most affluent audiences in the most prominent cities across the United States of America. And lookbooklink.com, thank you for your sponsorship. This is the digital business card, your digital business card, and it's here. To see mine, go to lookbooklink.com forward slash JMP. Create your own with ease in minutes. You don't even need your kid's help. And you'll have a custom name and a custom QR code for sharing. It shares not only your contact info, it shares key resources for your prospects as you meet people. Your prospects and people that you meet will not only never lose your information, they'll see right away why to hire and refer you without you saying a word. Go to lookbooklink.com and use promo code JMP123 for a 10% savings on every lookbook link you purchase. And now for the show. All right, everybody, it is the Jerry Metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it. And today on the show, we have an amazing leader of real estate who's going to share with us success, Donna Browning. She is with one Sotheby's International Realty in the Brevard office. She oversees 150 agents and she's been in the business for 23 years. Donna, thank you so much for coming on. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. So here's my first question. Getting us warmed up. You, we, I talked to you a little bit about this, but I want to restate it, everybody, about Donna. She's someone who's done this for 23 years. I think you were an agent for a year before you realized and kind of found your sweet spot in this business as really a manager and a leader. Absolutely. And so I just want to preface it with this, and then I'll ask you the question and get you going. In business, it's about being somewhat of integrity, reliability, and showing up with enthusiasm. It's about teamwork. When you're doing things, when you take action, doing them with a team and a standard of excellence and understanding that in this business, we're not just getting between someone and a deal. We're helping people navigate very complex situations and making decisions. Mm -hmm. 
And the result of that in your job is you grow and you grow agents, you recruit by the nature of what you're doing and you're training and you have exceptionally well-trained agents, hence all of the other results. I um, have to believe in what I'm, when I'm doing a recruiting interview, I have to believe what I'm telling the, the potential agent. And I don't use any of our materials. Later on, they'll come in, but I usually just sit with a pen in my hand and I never use it because there's no paper. But I just am very passionate about the company. So it comes out when I'm talking to them and they look at me and I and I could read their mind. They're thinking you have to say this. But by the time the interview's over, I, I they, the response I get from them is you really do believe in this company. And I do. And they they set us up as managers to make the agents successful, but that makes us successful. So I, that's where it all starts with recruiting. And yeah. um, I usually... Um, in my mind, do like a little bit of a personality test to see if somebody, you know, is going to be a good fit for the company. And, and so far, we've been pretty successful. But um, and then you have to roll up your hand, your sleeves as a manager, obviously, you can't just stand around and, and bark orders at people. So I like to lead by example. But every day I bow down to the agents because they are in the trenches. I feel their pain but yeah. I don't have to, it's terrible, especially as the markets shift. Um, I, you know, sometimes it brings tears, not afraid, you know, unfortunately personalities get more intense and the agents, even with their own clients. So they, they come to me and we work it out and talk it out and cry it out if we have to. Exactly. So two interesting things about that. And then we're going to ask you more questions about you and how you got into this, but starting, I love everybody, how you talked about, in this business, it's so aligned what you just explained to a really great listing agent who does a really great listing presentation. Is that in what you do and being and that's what so what I loved about bringing you on the show today, Donna, is that in business, there's so much focus on like, how do I pitch? How do I get the listing? Yeah, be good at that. But at the end of the day, what makes you what makes you a great agent with great results is who you become, which is a great leader. And there's so little focus on actual leadership opposed to just pitching business. It's showing up as that person who is has integrity, reliability, and the skill set and the enthusiasm when they show up at that appointment. So talking so when you're recruiting agents, you're literally, you know your stuff and you're asking them the questions and you're interviewing them, obviously, to come into business and learning more about them. What has been because we're going in a few directions with this, but don't worry, we're going to get focused. Okay. <laughs> what do you think has been when you have these conversations with agents and you interview them? Because most people listening to us are agents who are wanting to learn from you because you're vast. Your view is that view. It's like agents are all on the ground and you're up here, you know, 30,000 feet. You get to see everything and all of us in these interviews. What do you look for and how do you know? As we think about ourselves, how do we show up? How do we grow and adjust? And how do you identify that in other people who the greats are going to be? Because by the way, one Sotheby's has some of the best agents in the country. We do. And, and I'm very lucky to have a lot of great agents. Um, the first thing I do going into it is let them tell me about themselves, whether they're brand new, whether they just the ink is still wet on their license, so to speak, or they've been doing it longer than I have. It's all about them at that moment. So I let them tell me about themselves. And then depending on their level of experience, I will say to them, you know, did you talk to any other brokers or how long have you been doing this? Why don't you interview me first? Because it comes across less intimidating if I'm not on them right away saying we have this, this, and this, we can do this better than anybody else, because we're not better than anybody else unless we try to, you know, as a brokerage, we try to empower our agents. We can, there's a lot of bells and whistles out there that are at anybody's fingertips. So I think one of the most important things that an agent can get is support and leadership. Support. So it's really all about them. So when the agents come on, what do you find, how do you know, how easy is it to identify the greats, who is great, who's going to become great, and how do you know? 
Um, I do a little, you know, obviously I, I pull their projection and I try to do a little research on them. Some people I don't can't find anything on, which tells me, you know, maybe they're not really putting themselves out there the way they should be as business. Um, if they are more focused on the bottom line or the, if the first words out of their mouth is what, what is your split, then I, I realize that we're not on the same playing field because it's a, a relationship that needs to be built if you're going to be an agent with our company. And that's how we want our agents to treat their clients as well. So I'll, I'll usually in the first five or 10 minutes, I'll know if, it, if it's going to be something that will gel. Um, and then every once in a while, I'm wrong because I there's something that will let me give them a chance or it's going to be good for the company. Maybe I'll have a personality conflict or the particular office they're in. So I'll give them a chance and I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong, but um, yeah. usually I can spot it. I've been doing it a long time. So it's, um, you know, so I haven't been shocked yet. Let's just say that. Just ask the questions, let them talk a lot, make sure you're learning everything about them and then know what you bring to the table so that you know whether this is a good deal or not. There's the formula. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about you and then we'll get back to more <laughs> of your insights. How did that, you know, you've been doing this for 23 years. Did you plan on this or what happened? And let's get back to like, what do you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid and bring us into how it all came about today? So I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was a kid. I love animals and I did wind up in the medical field, but with the humans, the most aggressive form of an animal. Um, so I was in the medical field for eight, for 13 years before one day I just had had it. And um, I was an administrator for a surgical group. And wow. I, somebody said, you should go into real estate. And I was, you know, still young. I was thinking, why, why me real estate? I never really thought about it, but I went and got my license for the exact reason that I tell people not to get it. It was just to have my license. And that's, that was terrible. Um, and I learned that later on, but not from my own experience from agents that do that. And so I, um, it was a, a big milestone. I did a lot of things in that, that year at, all at the same time, probably not the smartest um, decision I made, but you know, that's how we learn. Um, and then I, I practiced, the, I, I listed and sold for a year, just only one year. And, and it was very easy for me because I worked in um, the Disney area the, um, in Orlando and I sold to foreign nationals. I've never oh, even wow. met any of my clients. They were buying these giant vacation homes. So I was just basically writing um, their name on a card and giving it to the builders. So that was a very good year for me, but I learned that I wanted to do more because it seemed I wasn't really, you know, pushing myself, so yeah. to speak. I so also learned that don't be an agent in an office where you never see your broker because I was handed a key to the office my first day. Here's your desk. And she turned around and walked out. And I said to the one person who was there, where did she go? He said, you'll never see her again. And I didn't. And, you know, there weren't like, there were cell phones, obviously, but we had, it was right, right after the MLS became, um, you know, an internet software, as, as opposed to the books. So it was just the worst feeling to be there and alone and with no support. And what year was so, that? Um, 1998. Because I remember when the books had just, I, I was in 2002, and I remember yeah. when we had the books. Like some of the agents, um, we had the books. It was called in the system corner the office, right? Yeah. And we got the, they got the, well, they told me this, that they got pages that they had to switch out every yeah. day. And it, yeah, but I didn't have that. We had system force software. I think it was called way back okay. then. And there was a regular MLS, but nothing obviously like we have now. And um, if it wasn't for the builders doing the contracts back then, I would have, I definitely would have failed if I stayed at that brokerage because wow. there, there was zero support. So it was, so you, uh, it was good. So give us a little, just to put some of this into context, because a lot of our listeners are going, okay, so wait a minute, wait a minute. You, in your first year, you were basically getting names and turning them into deals through Disney buyers. Like how did that, that's pretty awesome. And then the, we'll well, learn more, but like explain, and then we'll learn more. Yeah. But 
it took no skill. I was strategically placed. The office was right across the street from a place called Splendid China that brought in a, so many tourists every year. And our real estate office was right there. So they would stop in. And basically, I just took them across the street to the, all the new construction that they were doing. There was uh, KB Homes So you weren't even an then. on-site person. Your office just happened to be across the street from a right site? Right across the street. Right across the street. Builders I mean, like that's like winning the lottery for real estate agents. That's why my broker was never there. She just, I mean, she had the perfect location. Um, the builders were paying 8% co-brokes back then, not batting an eyelash. And um, I wound up going, I went to do my 45 hours post-licensing and I was in class with a broker who was um, shadowing the class. She was already a broker. And we got to know, and it was when you go and sit in the classroom, by the way, and I had to do it the long way because I had two babies and I couldn't like, you know. Oh yeah. You didn't so, mention that. Um, so you had two babies. <laughs> so how old? Two, yeah. Um, two, I, uh, my son was four and my daughter was two, two and a half. So they're in their twenties um, now. Wow. And they just, um, I couldn't, I had to go sit in the classroom and I met her on her name was Helen. I told her I wanted to open my own brokerage someday. You could not take the broker class within, it was within one year back then, but I couldn't do it only three months licensed. So she's told me if I wanted to open up my own real estate brokerage, that she would be my broker of record until I got mine. So I did it. So I owned the brokerage as an, a sales associate, but she was my broker of record. And, she's, who, was your and broker, she told who was your broker of record? The woman you met in class? The, late, in the woman I met in class, she offered to do that for me. She, I, she definitely had faith in me. I mean, putting your license on a brokerage, never mind that I was a brand new agent. I was only licensed like five months. And she wow. did that and I left. I, then I started to travel to Europe. Like the whole next year, I traveled to Europe while I was getting my broker's like, you know, until I could get my broker's license and I would go to the property shows there. It was called World of Property. And I would just set up a booth with my company. It was called Four Seasons. And um, Great name. that's how I got all the clients. That's unbelievable. Because for most people, that <laughs> was the biggest challenge. And you came in, you happened to be with an office across the street from new construction. So you were picking up clients because they came by the office to see the new construction across the street and the commission. They didn't even know about it. They didn't know about the new construction. They were just buying. There was a ticket um, thing next door to us that sold Disney, SeaWorld, all of the parks. You know how I don't yeah. know if you know, but they have like those discount ticket. And that's exactly where our office was. So they would pop in the office. We had stuff in the window. I will not take credit for my success for my first six months of real estate because yeah. literally although well, but I, didn't I have a lot have of questions support. about that because <laughs> that, it got it there's a lot to there's a lot to dig into there because there's that so real estate's easy for you which it's not for most people which is, there's a lot to learn because you still continue to get your broker's license and open a company called four seasons and then go travel internationally so the vision that you had but the first question that comes out of this part of your story is if it was so easy, and I, I'm not questioning it clearly was, but being so easy, I think most people would say, well, let's just ride this, but why not? You said there was more, but a lot of people would say, yeah, but the money was there. Find some other way to get fulfilled. So give us a little bit like really what drove why? you to, 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 to not do that. Because what I mean, like. I had a right. vision when I went into real estate. I was a leader in the medical group. Obviously, I was the administrator. Mm -hmm. So I felt that I took a step back a little bit, even though it was a giant leap for me. Um, so, you know, like I said, I had that whole year. And then I, when I was opening my brokerage, I could afford to open the brokerage and do it the right way because of what I was doing. And, um, you know, I, I had a giant office on... I, out by Disney. And I, so that's what I did. I concentrated on that until I got my broker's license. And then I still did that, but I did it under me and, and you know, recruiting wasn't a, a thing like to, for me back then I needed to really learn about myself first. How can I sit in front of an agent and try to recruit them and tell them all about all this experience I have. So I was the boss of myself and I felt good about that for a while. 
And then I started to hire a few agents after a couple of years. And I opened a property management company called Four Seasons Vacations and Management because of where I was. And um, the people that we sold the brand new homes to, I would manage them for them. But under two separate companies, I was I had I was smart enough back then to know you should keep your property managed, your your short-term property management and your real estate company separate from each other because there's a huge liability in property management. So I did that and um, my dad retired and I hired him. He was my property manager. It was oh, really how fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. so, so real estate agent in 1998, 99, which year did you get your license? 98? I got my license at the end of 98 and then um, I got, I went to school in 98 and got it in 99 because it was the end of the year, six weeks, um, the class, I had to go for six weeks in the evening. And then I got my real estate license, uh, sales associate in 99. And I did that and I got my brokers at the beginning of um, 2000. Nope, 2001. So 2000, yeah, 2001, you're a broker and now you open a branch of your company or kind of a separate management company for short-term rentals. And then what year, 2002? Um, Probably did it like, I don't don't know exactly the years. I probably did it after six or seven months of just having the real estate company. Once the homes were finished being built, then the people that I sold them to would say, well, would you manage them for me? So I did research on that too. And, you know, I pulled up every um, information on every uh, property manager. I, I would um, talk to people. Some got good, re- not reviews, but right. you know, reputations. So I did that. And then I just opened my own. Was- well, here's the really cool thing. In one year, you did most people, what most people do in their career of real estate, from getting your license to getting a broker's license, to opening a brokerage, to opening a branch of your company. And then... I mean, like, like all these great things keep happening. And then you're like, nah, I don't want to sell. Like, forget all that money that you make Didn't selling. Like, what, what? Because you're so clearly you're good at it, I believe. Like, I'm what, not. What happened? I can't take that credit. It, it's easy to sell. But you showed up for it. A lot of people don't. I did show up. Well, I mean, that was, um, you know, it wasn't that I had to drive people around all day and, and, you know, then they decide that they don't want it or they tell you, here's my criteria. And then they send you properties. Like my agents are telling me now what happens. It wasn't that what they're doing now is hard work. That was, I was determined. I was very determined. I felt like I had to prove something to myself and, and certain other people, but um, it was very easy for me to do because like I said, you just register your buyer. And back then everything was all in one place. So I didn't have to drive to a design center with them. I and mean, we took care of everything like at that initial appointment and the contracts were done by the builders. So I just, um, did, I never got the full, you know, experience of the, the blood, sweat and tears that my agents go through every day. And I'm, that is, I mean, blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, some of them oh, yeah. are raking yards and trimming hedges and, you know, paying for carpets to be clean. It's just, um, I didn't have that, but, you know, I know my so way around what? the builder's contract. <laughs> so you, you, you became, you went from owning a brokerage, so you owned the brokerage for how long, how many years? I was on my own for, um, Gosh, till 2006, I had, okay. I left, I left the Disney area and I moved to um, Osceola County and I opened up a little, I had a big brokerage. I closed four seasons. I mean, I still had everything, but I, I closed that chapter. Um, property management puts, takes a toll on a person. So yeah, um, I got, and that's when I got married, I moved to, um, Osceola County and opened up a little brokerage called Welcome Home Realty. And then (laughs) the same thing that happened to me with some of these happened to me there. I got recruited by Weigert to be a manager. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So 2006, you go from, by the way, Four Seasons to Welcome Home. Those are two very different, (laughs) that's two very different, like, very titles and- (laughs) Two very different lifestyles too, for sure. It was exactly. definitely the areas that I was in. So, and you, the name I think was 
made to suit the market or is there anything else to that? It was in a little, um, they had like this little downtown area where I, I leased the space and it was so quaint. It was like a little village with shops and restaurants, mom and pop restaurants. And I just thought, and I had a window front and I didn't have a store, so to speak. So I just, I don't know why it just came to me, welcome home realty. So I made sure it wasn't taken and it wasn't. And so I, I took it. And so we built a little um, dollhouse in the in the window and had the red door. It was just, I have pictures of everything. If I go through my life of my real estate career, it's like, where was my energy back then? I don't know. Well, that's what I'm Very thinking. Like just in your first year alone, everything that you did. And so then you opened Welcome yeah. Home Realty. And so you had agents and everything. I had agents then. Yes, they were. And it was a totally different area. The market was different. There it was a lot of cowboys. It was St. Cloud, um, very, um, uh, very good old boy. You know, we, we don't need a contract to buy this house. I'm going to, I'm telling you, I'm going to buy it. I'll buy it. It was like things like that, that mentality. And, um, but it, I, I lived that life for five years, like in St. Cloud and built a house there. And, um, but at that time, Weikert recruited me to be a manager for one of their offices and I accepted. And so I had to close my brokerage, obviously. And yeah. then um, I, be I became a regional manager for them. And then I was traveling all the time up and down the coast. Oh from my gosh, so many questions. Yeah. Okay, before you, because I want everybody to get the full thing to give, keep everything in context here. This is too much about me. So when you have, well, this is the point. This is what it's about. This is how we learn. If we know about you, this is where the real lessons come is your life. So you come from owning your own brokerage and then you transition into managing and become this huge regional manager and running all of these offices, just as you are now for one Sotheby's. When, when all of that happened, when you were managing, were you doing more, when you owned your own brokerages, were you doing more selling or managing? Zero selling. I didn't sell. Wow. I did not compete with my agents. I wow. did my own. I was my chief cook and bottle washer. I didn't hire. Obviously, I had a, an accountant that at the end of the day signed off on everything, but I did everything else. I, I reviewed the, I do every, you know, like here I ran the offices and I was supporting my agents. Yeah. I did the marketing myself for them. I didn't have, you know, departments. I had me and, and um, it and worked what, that way. I mean, I was, Here's the question, because you get people who own and sell, and then you get people who, because of the profit margins, I guess, and then you don't. For you, what, I think some, some of it, maybe you sell because you love it and own a company or because it helps generate the income and the revenue. How did you know that, like, give us, just kind of give us a little bit insight on, because that's going to take us into more leadership and what you've witnessed from your agents. And then we're going to go to the next level on why. Uh, how, how did I know that I did not, that I'd rather be a managing broker than. And how did you know that it was going to be lucrative? Yeah. Um, well, the property management the, the, uh, company that I had completely depleted me as from energy and faith in uh, mankind, to be honest with you, there was a lot of uh, bad stuff that went on in the property management world. And I couldn't have my name associated with that. They, they basically property managers. I don't know. They got a very bad name reputation. Every time I got a call for somebody new, they would be like this. Are you going to do this to me? Like the other company did. So it just didn't sit well with me, but I did it for a long time. And so when I moved to welcome home realty, it was like, I was out in the nature <laughs> I really wasn't, but it was compared to being in in, um, in Orlando and in, you know, that area is really busy over there. I felt like I was definitely um, a cowgirl. And that's when I just, and I, you know, I, I was, I didn't enjoy all that hustle and bustle because when I sat down at the end of the day to do my administrative stuff, I was way more comfortable with that. So I thought, let me try this. And I, when I did welcome home, I hired a few agents that lived in St. Cloud. I, you know, pitched it to whoever I didn't know. And then the people that knew me would tell, you know, tell their friends. And I had about six or seven agents and I just loved what I did. I was at my desk for them every day. I went in, I made myself go to work from nine to five. And then of course, after hours too, because you know how it is. And I loved it a lot better. And I started to get good at it because I enjoyed it. 
I don't think I ever would have been a top producer, not, you know, the real way, not the easy way that I, you know, had that break, but I just rather empower somebody to do that. I know what to do. I know what people should do and how they can be successful, but I don't, you have to like what you're doing because it shows if you don't. And I'm sure if I was at a listing appointment right now, it would show that I did not want to be there. Yeah. But you really like being behind the agents because you know what to do, you know what they need and you like to help them show up. When you're there for them, I'm sure you've seen agents who are are trying to be successful because there's so many. I mean, what is it? 95% of agents in the first two years just don't make it. And there's these other guys that just like flourish and they really are great, great at it. It, yes, yeah, sure, there's a little luck, but they're showing up for it and they're great at it. What is the difference or what have you witnessed is the difference between those two agents? Some people are naturals, so whether they've never done it before or they have, they've been doing it for a while. Some people are just unnatural. If you, they know they want to do this and they put their mind to it, they have to know the good, the bad, and the ugly for sure. I mean, you can't paint yourself a pretty picture in this business. So if I have the opportunity to talk that through with them, it, I think it helps them decide. I, I, yeah. not two weeks ago, I, I talked an agent out of even doing this. She, I, I knew, and she, she actually sent me, I didn't see it until a few days later. She texted me and told me, thank, she thanked me very much. She said, I had a feeling this business wasn't for me. She said, wow. but it was a path to my home staging business. So she oh then just do the home staging business right i mean it's like it's just easier to do that and how sometimes yeah i was gonna say sometimes a bad thing can take you to a good place and it it, she suffered her first month doing this first of all she she um set goals for herself that were unattainable because she wanted everything done like in two weeks I don't have any listings and she wasn't even onboarded and I was like you just have to you, you know have to be licensed and take a deep breath yeah. right but um she uh, she I mean she's happy she she's I talked to another one of my agents at, at my ninja meeting on Tuesday and she bumped into her and she said I've never seen her so happy so she had she had her little it was one of those things maybe she had to see if she yeah. never did it she never would know well it's it's number one you've got to like what you're doing you've got to be you've you've got to have the drive to do it and you've got to be honest with yourself about what you're faced with in this business it's not lying to yourself and sugarcoating it and that's just like here's what it is I think a lot of us get into real estate and you know everybody doing anything I've learned in my life because I was my sister sister teases me because I don't do anything halfway I got into horses and I was big into that. I got into real estate and being an agent and I was huge into that. And there's a part of you people that you love it, but everybody, when they get in it, everybody has their moments where they question when they really get in it, that you can burn out. Is this really for me? And and there there are two things. First of all, you got to just see where you like it and like it. If you don't, maybe, yeah, not, but what is it you do and don't like about it? What is it? Are you, are you ready to show up and do the work? And are you being honest with yourself? And in that, to answer that question, number one is what's the goal? What's the real goal here? Because if it's to start a staging business, then don't real estate agent to get to a staging business <laughs> is not what it looks like. Don't do it. So number one, what is the real goal? And does it align to what you're doing? And the other thing was we talk about like some eight, some people just have it. They have it. They just are success, but it is something like, have you ever, like when you, would you say, is there something that it is? Because I find, and then I'll let you answer the question. You get agents who are loud with huge personalities. And then you get these introverted agents who are spreadsheet geeks, but they all, they're both two very different people are equally successful and great at this business. So is there an it factor or how do we know what it is? Or if you could pinpoint, or could you? Uh, for me, I think it's the relationship. No matter what their personality is, some people like, you know, the, the class clown. Some people like things a little bit more low key. So I think if you can make the client feel comfortable with you, however you are, 
then that is the number one key to success because that will lead to referrals. If you ever decide that you want to start stepping back. Um, I mean, I have agents that are top, I have my biggest single top producer is a surfer boy. And he just has been around forever. He, um, everybody knows him and he's, he doesn't, he has his real estate career. It reminds me of my first year, although he works a lot harder than I did that first year. So he, because he just kind of comes to him. And then I have the most polished of top producers. So, but it's all boils down to the relationship and treating people right and knowing what you're doing. So, you know, even, you know, even the comedian can know what they're doing might not always look that way, but it's going to look that way to the right people who are getting good service from them. I tell the agents, it's not about me. It's not about the company first. It's about them. And then they know that they have a safety net and they have a backdrop like Sotheby's. How could you go wrong with that brand behind you and the support that they have knowing that they have a managing broker who's there for them. And, and I would be nowhere without my staff. Yeah. I I don't know what I would do. I I don't know where I'm going each day. I always have to text somebody like, where am I this morning? And what am I doing? Even though it's on my calendar, you know, I'm not, but I just have to, I need that validation. So I'm, getting a little break right now because one of our offices is under renovation. So I only have four to visit, but um, you can't do it without, without a good team, even a, a managing yeah. broker. So I have a great, great support team myself, you know, from the hire, you know, to the, my local staff, they're amazing. And my agents are amazing. So it's a win-win mm-hmm. for me. And, and here, like for what you're bringing it down to in success, it's like what, whatever you're doing, it needs to align to your goal and align to what you love to do and in loving to do it there's where the work ethic comes in you need a work ethic but it's not, the work ethic is going to wear out if you don't love it and last but not least it's about the people so we've had conversations offline about when you're managing people like if you're a real estate agent you're managing your clients you are a leader to them not just a salesperson that's what a salesperson should be and anyway right but in what you do it's about you just mentioned you've got five offices and you visit every single office in person. You see these people in person, you show up for them. Just like in the beginning, even though you don't want to take any credit, I know it was easy, but you did show up. You did show up. I, and now it's not so easy. And you're seeing these other agents. It's about showing up and truly engaging to other people. That's what I'm hearing. It's the best part of my job honestly so I don't feel like it's work I I like to be with them you can I like I mean we zoom too we'll zoom in the evenings or something but um or they'll request a zoom because they're not available to me in person but being in person you kind of even though you're not really touching but you just get that the true vibe you can really see if they're suffering you can really see if they're happy and sometimes through Zoom, you can't tell if they're getting what you're telling them. I do have to give tough love sometimes. They don't understand why they can't do something or, you know, it, they'll try to buck the company policy. But I, I just listen and I let them repeat what they're asking me a couple of times. And then they'll, most of the time, they'll just stop and realize what they're asking. And I'll just say, see, you just took care of your own problem. So I am... Um, I've never had to, not that I would do that in business, but, you know, really come out at somebody. Uh, I just, it's, it's talking things through and usually the light bulb goes on. And yeah. that's if it's between us, you know, me and the agent. Now we can't control the, you know, personalities of other, you know, the other agent on the other side or the, the customers in a transaction. I have seen, I, I know it sounds cliche, but I think I've seen it all, honestly. And it just keeps getting better every day. Some of these things. So it's, um, yeah, I, and I feel their pain. That's why I'm telling you, I bet I, and I say it all, all the time that I bow down to them because yeah. they have the job, you know, I, it's easy for me to sit here and, and listen to them and coach them and, you know, support them, but they're out there. It's, yeah. it's a jungle. It, it really, really is. is. And the, the skill that you brought, I remember being an agent. This is one of the best things I learned is is when you're communicating with people, let them repeat. Like, first of all, when you communicate, say back to them what you heard. 
and then let them say it again because you won't get it right they will correct you and let them do that because they're also hearing themselves and like you said there's so much magic in that we feel like we have to come and show up and do so much but a lot of it is let them talk and hear it for themselves and keep keep the conversation and keep it open and engaged it happens in text and and emails too. I was in a meeting one day and one of my agents sent this really long email. And I obviously I was reading it because I had to, you know, communicate. And I just texted her and I said, I'm in a meeting. We'll talk about this after. And then she texted me about 30 minutes later. I was still in the meeting. She said, I'm so sorry. I'm so ridiculous. I just read my email again. <laughs> so she figured it all out. It was that it was something that she was asking, which was totally ridiculous. But she she realized it herself. So I guess it was a good thing that I was in the meeting because I didn't have to, you know, have a back and forth with her. See, real so, estate agents just need to navigate their clients the way that you navigate real estate agents. And she, her client, it, the thing was her client was asking her to do something that was basically illegal. She, he wanted her to write a, write a contract, not fill in the blanks. He wanted her to, he told her to write up a lease option. And she oh, was wow. asking me, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. no. Don't even do. Don't even do that to yourself either. I know. Wow. That's amazing. All right, so as you as you navigate and have helped agents, we'll get, we're going to get back into your story. I've got more questions, but those will come up through oh, your gosh. story. So you are now. Remember when you share your story. This is how we it give it puts into context. You've got some like your story is so amazing, and it puts into context everything that you bring to the table. So it's like, oh, I get, now I get why I need to be there. Or now I get the message. So thank you. Um, Weikert, so you have this brokerage for five years. Welcome home. I love it from the four seasons to welcome home. And then Weikert <laughs> comes in and you took the job. What are you, what, what, what should we know? Because you just keep growing and grass is not growing under your feet. How did that happen? And what did that look I like? I don't. And what was your I big lesson in still. it? <laughs> so um, I'll give you the nutshell version because it's funny. And so after, so in Weikert, I was regional there for six years. So I was Palm Coast to Fort Lauderdale, all the coast, which was amazing. And so, But I was traveling every week. I was home one day. and uh, But it was okay. And then um, so I did that. And then I left that brokerage that wiker there was it was one wiker and i left that one and one of the um people at in new jersey of wiker heard that i left that and I, oh and i was get, getting ready to open my own brokerage i was going to go out on my own but i didn't do it yet so then i got a call from new jersey and they said i hear you left the orlando brokerage he said i have a proposition for you <laughs> will you go um, work in an office that we have down South? It was just one, they didn't have a lot of branches. And he said, it, he needs a little help over there. He needs some leadership in his office. The broker did because he was out, not really, he wasn't present. Let's just put it that yeah. way. So the agents were kind of on it. So I agreed to do that. Um, so I did it for one year. And then when the gig was, I built the office for him. I straightened everything out. It's like the cleaning lady going in there. And the then fixer. I came back. Yeah, the fixer. And then I came back here and then I opened up my own brokerage and probably a year or two into it. I'm trying to do the dates now because now everything just falls together. I got a call from, I guess I can say the name, but if I can't, you'll, you'll take it out from a, a luxury, a, a ind a independent luxury broker in yeah. Vero and okay. Brevard County. And they wanted me to run their office in Brevard. So I closed another real estate office. I took the job because they had so many agents and I was so excited to be, you know, working with a lot of agents. Plus they had a great reputation. And I remember driving by their um, office when they started to open, you know, they, the sign went up Amazing. for Brevard thinking. Yeah. I, I, but I thought, that I, I, the thing I said to myself was, that, well, that's not good news for me because I was a little mom, teeny mom and pop. And then I saw that they were coming into Brevard. And um, so then I ultimately went to work for them and I worked there for And this four was my year, right? Mm -mm, this was a different oh, okay. Um, brokerage. Oh. Okay. So anyway. Yeah. 
And so I worked there for about four years, four and a half years. And it got to the point where um, it, I wasn't, I was, I, I looked like I swallowed a hanger every morning is how happy I was when I would go to work, but it got to the point where I wasn't anymore. I, it wasn't, wow. I, it became not a company that I aligned with their values that things changed. They brought in a business um, development person and he was going around to all of their offices and telling them what changes to make and things like that. And so it, it wasn't fun anymore. It, they, they weren't putting their agents first and they were losing agents. And oh, I took wow. it personally. We won't say the name because I think we might yeah. know who it is, yeah. but interesting. Okay. So I left and then I, I, I took a little bit of a break. I just, um, it was right around COVID anyway. We didn't know it was COVID yet because it was early. Yeah. Um, we didn't, it wasn't. Can we talk about People it when you getting... left? Here, one question. Yeah. I do you want to ask a question? Because this is for the real lessons. Like this is like, first of all, Donna, everybody, this is a woman who has started things from nothing. And in the beginning, not really many people. And yes, you had some nice cushy luck in the beginning. We we won't take that away. But but mind you, you have started things and made them into something again and again and again. And now in this phase of your career, you were part of starting something that became something and now you become a part of an organization and while it was probably financially not a bad situation a part of you just couldn't align to it and and i want to ask you but i want to preface it and so you can correct me and make sure we're hearing everything correctly and getting the message and the lessons from you and career success and growth is that you're in a situation where the art, your job, your purpose, and the purpose of real estate brokerages is to serve agents and empower them. Broker, agents come to brokers to be the best they can be and to be empowered and to get resources. And that's what you do. And now you're in an organization to see now why we didn't name it. And you're, you say, this isn't what's happening here. And I have a feeling, so, so tell me, when you made that decision, a few things had to happen. There was a part of it said, this isn't who I am. This isn't my purpose. But give us, because it's, it's a question in everybody's mind, how, what was the financial component? How did you know? Yes, you've started again and again and again, but you also know the risk. There, there are just so many things to consider that we can learn from in that moment in your life. So like, take us there just for a minute, if you don't mind, and help us learn how you knew I can't be a part of this and how you knew to cut ties and how you did it and the lessons you got in that moment, because you didn't see that coming. I guarantee you didn't see that coming. It was like a drop, a, a very fast drop. It was four years, four months, let's say it was that. I would say four years of it, sunshine and lollipops. And we had productive agents. They were amazing. They were happy. They were in the office doing their, they wouldn't go home to do their contract. They would come and sit down. They would be there. We had team building events. We had meetings in person and this person build business development person came in and, you know, I obviously it wasn't my decision. I didn't own the company. So they hired this person and he would, like I said, he visited the offices. Well, you know, two different markets are completely different. We have Vero and we have Brevard County. So um, what's good for one isn't good for just like with all of the one offices, we're all a little bit different, you know, and I, I sucked it up for a while, so to speak, but it was just one day an agent started crying and she came to me and he, I guess he must've been rude to her. He, she said he was rude. And then he came into my office and he said, this is the way it's going to be now. You know, I've been going over things and, um, I think, and it's, it's so minor of how, what the straw was that broke the camel's back because they were making changes. I couldn't hire at certain splits anymore, even if somebody was a top producer and the broker owner gave me complete autonomy over all of the Brevard offices. I, I grew them from one office this to three. This is the before. So the before is the broker owner gave you complete autonomy to grow. Right. It was lucrative. And he the said, after was, it was like you were being suffocated. Yes by the, not an owner, by the person he hired. Um, and, but it was just a little, a lot of little things that were happening. And I was, that's when I told you, I just wasn't happy. I still went there every day because I, the reason why I went there every day 
was to protect the agents from yeah. it was just a poison in the office the atmosphere you know started to look like a ghost town but i used to send birthday cards from to the agents on their birthday i used to buy really nice cards and i used to say from me and the owners i would say in the cards and i would always yeah. put an amazon gift card in there for them and uh, I expensed it, but I put everybody's name on it. I wanted the agents to know because it, one of the things that they said all the time was um, they forget about us over here in Brevard. And I would say, that's not true. You know, you know, if you have any concerns that I can't handle, I will go to them for you because I wanted them to feel comfortable. And so I did this. I just took yeah. the initiative and I expensed it and I got reimbursed. He told me not to do it anymore. He said, that's oh, going to wow. stop now. So I didn't wow. stop. I mean, I was only there. And to this day, I'm still sending the, it, uh, all of their top producers are with me now, by the way. Wow. And they came with me. But for the people that did oh, there that goes a heck there, of a business strategy, right? Like, <laughs> look at the lessons there. I mean, so many. A birthday card is a good thing, a good, that's good money to spend, right? Like, I do it now. I do it right. now, too. I just, but I, yeah. I still do it to the agents there. It's too, kind of because, hilarious. Just because I, well, they're your friends. I, yeah, I, they're my, they, you know, even if they were my, they're, some of them are just my coworkers or, you know, we work together. I doesn't, doesn't mean that I don't want to want to wish them a happy birthday just because they're not under my roof. So I think that's my, to yeah. my uh, extent of socializing because I'm, I'm very under the radar kind of a person. And that's I know we had to force the, you to come on the show. So everybody, this is like a treat. And if you're <laughs> listening, just suck it all up because it's probably never going to happen again. Um, I don't know. So um, what a great yeah, story. So you leave and then is that at what point? So because you've like so many stories, at what point does one come into the picture? How far away are we from one now? It seems like um, something that just keeps happening is I opened up another real estate office right in the smack in the middle of COVID. I opened up Coastal Elite Real Estate. And I like the name, I, Coastal Elite. I, I got myself, a, a, it was adorable in Cocoa Village. And it was a little office, just had about, it had two separate offices, a main room. I had it, it was in a, um, on like the French, uh, I, I can't explain. There was a French restaurant downstairs that was totally oh, um, decked out. So I did my decor just like that. I and all during COVID. I never. I made the agents from the, um, the office for the agents. It was only for the agents. I had didn't have an office in there, and I worked from home. And pretty much, we all wound up on March seventeenth, twenty twenty, working from home here in Brevard. And I don't yeah. know how it trickled in. I'll never forget. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I just, um, I had the office, I had about 12 agents, they were working, they were all experienced. I rarely heard from them with any issues because they knew I still did all the administrative broker stuff. Um, and then I just found myself again, because we kind of all were forced to do that. You know, we couldn't really yeah. do anything. Everything was closed. So I, um, so I worked on my house a little bit. I worked on myself a little bit. I just, you know, you're stuck in the house with your husband. We learned about each other a little bit. And um, again, and then I got a call from Mr. Daniel De La Vega. <laughs> I think my office was open. Uh, I opened it February 20th. I remember that because it was a month to the day of when I left the other brokerage. And... Um, I want to say Daniel called me maybe in end of May, beginning of June. Wow. And I was rude. <laughs> I wasn't rude. I was abrupt because I didn't recognize the number and I'm surprised I answered it. I met, there must've been a reason why I answered it because the area code, you know, looked familiar, but I was like, this is Donna. And then he's so kind. I know, and he's so calm and just his voice can like, is like a sedative. And I, he's like, he introduced himself. And I said, um, because I'd really, you know, like the opportunity to chat with you. And I go, I own my own brokerage. <laughs> I, just, I know, isn't that terrible? 
Oh, I can't believe I'm great. telling you this. I, I love this. It's great. I don't even know if he remembers, but he's but he so does. kind. Well, he probably, I don't know, but he he just, you know, he said to me, he chuckled and he said, I, I know I caught you off guard. And so that totally what like, a, what a great response. Down. Yes. And I said, um, you did. And then I, I'm pretty sure he, he asked me if I would agree to a, another call, like to chat with, I forget who I even talked to. It might've been, it might've been, I don't even know anymore. It's all a blur and it's all a whirlwind of what happened after that, because two, three calls later, um, maybe three before I actually told them yes, but they had me at the first call. And now this is the first time I'm ever admitting it, but just, um, I had to know, I had to have a talk with myself and I had to wrap my head around everything that I heard the first time I talked to them, yeah. that it was really true that these people had the same values that I did and about the relationships with their agents and you know how they were and they weren't corporate even though they're they're huge and I liked that and so I agreed to do it and I closed another brokerage so that's it that's my story and here I am I, like this is what you had me at I know I caught you off guard yeah <laughs> right that's Daniel like he just and the way he said it too by the way I'm sure it was just like the perfect tone the perfect everything I know I caught you I can't even do it like that's that that's he was that. forgiving me for my he was calling me out on being abrupt and without kind of saying it me. yeah that's the way to do yeah. it I mean it's the small it's the things <laughs> so like of course everybody knows I love one and I love my, I don't know Daniel as well, but I need to get more time with Daniel because I keep hearing so many great things about him. But the word that comes to mind for me is just visionary, authentic, and passionate. And that it just, it, they just have my heart. For you, what is it for you that you're just like, yes, like this is my people. This is what it's about. How do you know? I know because obviously I talked to Daniel and Mai, but I also know that at the end of the day, I'm a squeaky wheel for my agents and for the, for the better of the company. I definitely um, put on a, like a, a broker owner hat and then think about things. And it's not always evident to them in the beginning, but honestly, they support me. I never felt more support at any company than I feel from the upper management team here. So I try to leave them alone. Sometimes, you know, we, I, we have to talk things out and I need to talk things out and they're, they're there for me. So I pretty much, um, I'm on autopilot over here because I, I, I know the county and I know we're not, you know, South Florida, we're, we're not even the North, the, you know, like the Jacksonville market. We're kind of a little, you know, unique world, hybrid. unique culture yeah. market. Well, we have a lot of industry here. I mean, we have the space um, program. So we have a lot of young families here. We have, it's a very casual county. Um, people work here, play here. We, you know, it's just, it's like everything. We, we don't have a lot of as many retirees as they do south of us. So even though Vero is honestly 35 minutes from my most Southern office, it's a whole other world. It's just, and they accept that. Like if you come to them with, if I have to go to them with a, a challenge and I'll say, look, you know, this can't happen over here because, and this is why, and I don't just ask for things or bark orders or anything. I always have the reason why. And, and I've already talked it over with myself several times before I'll make that call because I don't like yeah. to do any knee jerk stuff with, you know, somebody else's Business, it goes back to you. Take, what you were talking. It's about the relationships. It's about people. It's about understanding and being engaged with yeah, absolutely the people that you serve and really showing up for them and serving them. How can and I be supportive if I don't have support? And I do. So, what a great example on being successful as a leader, understanding success as agents. And so, with that right there, I want to transition into our final three questions. <laughs> And don't worry, they're not that complicated. Okay. <laughs> they're easy. 
The first one is if you could identify and say, this is the one resource that is most responsible for my success in my path of trajectory in my career, <clears throat> what is it? Resource. I mean, would you consider, I consider support a resource. Yeah. They feel my passion and I've had them say that to me. So I feel like they get it. They get me. I know it sounds very cheesy, but yeah. they get me. Well, you've me. been in a situation and where you didn't have support and supported the people around the people yeah. around you and their support. They didn't know that at the time. I didn't, you know, say any of that, but yeah. I, I identified it that that's what I would have. So, um, but they do, they, I have the support, even if it's not it, just because it's not the answer might not be yes doesn't mean I don't have their support. We can work things out. And then that I, in turn, you know, sometimes you have to put your thinking cap on and you figure out plan B and make it work. But um, I feel like the parents, it looks like parents not letting the children see, like if there's some, you know, unrest in a certain situation, I mean, no, nothing is perfect. And it's, and it's nothing terribly wrong. It's just that we, the parents don't want to see the kids to see certain things. And that's how I look at it. Sometimes I do feel like a mother hen, but you know, you for are. the agents, right. <laughs> but yeah. um, we just all work together. Like as far as the leadership, we just work together and we just try to, you know, if there's a hurdle, we'll get over it. Sometimes we have to give each other a boost. Right. Real teamwork, the people around yeah. you having their support for real teamwork. Number two, if there, if you had to name one book that has made the biggest impact on your life and or your career that we just have to read, what is it? Oh boy. Um, there's a few, I mean, do, are you speaking about like business books? Whatever or? comes to mind, whatever you, what, whatever makes the biggest impact. And if you have two, we'll let you have two. If there's more. I, I, I can pick one only because I'll pick it because it's, probably I'm probably 10 times in reading it and I can't tell you how many times I I've listened to it and it's the go-giver and I um I always push that book it's very easy to read it clearly it's not a long it's not a novel but just the message and I like to I it's the way I would want to be you know, approachable and, and things like that. And then, um, have you listened to it? You've listened to it. I'm sure. I have. Or it's been a while, just... but I, I always yeah. share my big takeaway from that book, which is, was powerful to me. What's your biggest takeaway from reading? Go, go I universe? just, I always go back to the, you know, the part, not, it's not the part. It's like the message that I like it, it was that he, the person couldn't believe that this guy took the time to now, of course, now that I'm on the spot, I can't think of this game. And it's, it was the last thing I listened to yesterday before I pulled in just the message that certain people can do empower you and they are approachable mm -hmm. and that you, it, you're don't always judge a book or judge somebody because I feel like sometimes people do judge me, not that I'm yeah. ever putting myself on that man's level, but I, some people do judge me and I will hear it later on. Like an agent will say to me, I was, you know, I was intimidated by you. And, and I really thought that you were going to be this or that. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't like to hear that. I'm not trying to put a message out there. So I, I, I worry about my, not worry about it. I'm, I like to know that I have a good reputation and that's why, you know, I made certain decisions in my that's life. That's why you're intimidating. That's a compliment. You're intimidating <laughs> because you're just a badass. I mean, you know, yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really not present in the way that I'm um, but, it, but it sounds like the biggest takeaway was it's about um, don't forget what what the, you have to offer the world and what they might be willing to offer you if you open up to it. Right. I mean, all the, yeah, it's some some people that you're I don't, judge is such a strong word and I don't mean it like that. But assume. your perception. It's so, think assume. about we assume so many things that we don't even know we're assuming. Right. Exactly. Be exactly. careful what you assume because you really have no idea how much you're assuming all the time. And I say you, I'm talking to myself. I know. I know. So true. Last question. If we're just going to forget everything we talked about today, which I don't think is possible <laughs> because there've been so many great things to learn. I feel like I've got the book on Donna Browning now. Oh my gosh. I've got that it. Is like, this is sacred. But if we're going to forget everything, 
and only remember one thing from you today, what do you hope the one thing we take away is? Um, that at this point in my life and, and for my career, or not at this point, starting two years ago, July, I am extremely passionate about what I do. And I feel like I am the most passionate that I was very you know, successful. I was lucky, very lucky, but I can feel the passion. And the way I know that is when the going gets really tough, I just keep going <laughs> and I, because I'm passionate about it. So, and there are days where, you know, I'm just one person and I have an iPad going off and a cell phone going off and emails and texts and, you know, texts and calls and calls. And I'm just like, I take a deep breath and I said, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else right now. So yeah, I'm going to change lot, in 10 years. And hearing your story and everything you've been through and accomplished, it's, you're someone who's shown up knowing what you do, having integrity, you're reliable, you show up for the job. And you love it, enthusiasm, being passionate. And when you have the right people around you who work together, who you can support and they support you, we all support one another, that's where you get the results. That's where you show up and have that passion and love what you do and create whatever success it is that you want. Because we I all want love what things. I do. People would hear your story and think you would have taken a completely different path <laughs> and you didn't because you aligned to what you value and what you want. And that's what is such a big part of being successful. I did like think about every now and then, you know, what, maybe I'll do something. I told you I opened up a cafe, but I had my real estate office in the back of it. So it's like, I just can't, it's in, I you guess can't it's get in out my of this blood. business, right? Yeah, no, no, I can't. Well, I Donna, don't want thank to. You. That was, yeah. So, but you don't want like, right. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Any You've other been very words? kind. No, you have. Well, thank yes. you so much, everybody. Donna Browning, managing broker with One Sotheby's International Realty of five offices, by the way, in Brevard County of South Florida. Thank you so much, Donna. It's just been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. If you like this episode, please share it with friends. To find more episodes, search Jerry Metcalf Podcast on any platform for podcasts or go to jerrymetcalfpodcast.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-E-T-C-A-L-F podcast.com.